Well, folks, Shaw Jerry Adams Arish, and uh, Morris Gray. Hope that all of you are well as we face into Easter Sunday, and remember all of those brave men and women who went out in the rising in Dublin over a century ago. So. What's happening today? Well, well, first of all, uh, I'm not long back from the USA. Richard and I were in New York. We uh, went a day or two earlier because I had to make remarks and we spent <coughs> a weekend with a good friend, two, two good friends of ours and worked up... Uh, two speeches, one for an event on the Good Friday Agreement where I shared reflections with President Bill Clinton and with uh, Congress member Richie Neal, reflections on the Good Friday Agreement negotiations and developments since then. And uh, I'll, I'll perhaps do a wee bit with the detail of that in next week's podcast. I also uh, did an event and both these events were centrally organised by Marty Glennon, our good friend, and his friends in the uh, Martin McGuinness Peace Foundation Trust. That was the event about Martin. And then the one that I did with President Clinton was sponsored by six of the main national Irish-American organisations and fair play to them all. Now, President Clinton, as is well known now, played a critical role in the build-up to the Good Friday Agreement. And he was encouraged and he was supported by Irish-America. And he was at the end of the phone as the agreement was reached and has been an enabler of our process ever since. And so has the former Secretary of State, Hillary Clinton. So our our big event was in the Cooper Union Great Hall. And I've spoken there once before. And so has Abraham Lincoln and Barack Obama and Frederick Douglass and James Connolly and President Clinton and a range of other renowned speakers from the arts, from science, from politics, and from activism sectors. Uh, Our last event before we actually went to the States, and as I've said, I'll return to this in my next uh, podcast, was at the People's Assembly in the Carrickdale Hotel in Carrickcarnan, right on the border of County Louth. And this People's Assembly, part of Sinn Féin's commission, was an opportunity for citizens from Armagh and Down and Louth, from the border regions of those counties, to have their say on the future of Ireland. And the ill effects of living under British rule are keenly felt in this area, and the implications of Brexit cost a long shadow. And so too does the British government's legacy Bill of Shane and its mean-spirited borders and nationalities bill, which makes it mandatory for visitors travelling into the north from the south 
to firstly obtain an electronic travel authorization. And that's the latest threat from London to the people here, particularly in the border region where the People's Assembly was held. And it was the fourth such assembly organised by Sinn Féin's Commission, and it was chaired by Conor Patterson of the Newry and Mourne Enterprise Agency. Conor was the independent chair, and the panel included Reverend Karen Sutherman, ICTU Assistant General Secretary Jerry Murphy, Mairead McAlinden, former CEO of the Southern Health and Social Care Trust, and Aidan Brown of Dundalk's DKIT Regional Development Centre. And they gave valuable insights and their contributions were well worth listening to. And so also were the contributions from the floor. They were thoughtful, they were spirited, they were informed and very interesting for me as someone not from that region. As well, I'm sure, as everybody else who was in attendance. It was standing room only, and the packed gathering heard Octoron Henfein, Mary Lou MacDonald, open the event. In a wide-ranging address, she spelt out the difficulties caused by partition and the opportunities which would be created by ending division, and she addressed the importance of reaching out to our unionist neighbours. She said, We want to encourage popular grassroots participation in that ongoing conversation about our shared future. Everyone should have their say. There are many people in this region who are unionists. The Orange was actually founded in the neighbouring county of Armagh. And that tradition is reflected in our national colours, she reminded us. So this is the place that we all call home. Our resolve is to make it a better place for everyone. Unionists are our neighbours and they should also be our friends. So this podcast hopes that Jeffrey Donaldson's DUP officer board picked up on this. The Sinn Féin president extended the hand of friendship when she said to them, to those from the unionist culture, I extend a sincere welcome. The new Ireland must be a warm house for all and your tradition and beliefs must be respected and cherished. I invite you especially to be part of the conversation and for us all to plan the future together. Conversations are happening across the country, in our places of work, in our universities, as we drop our children at the school gates and at the match on a Sunday. In recent years, a vast amount of academic research, new studies, books on all aspects of re-education have been produced. And they all urge the Irish government to begin planning and preparing for constitutional change. And there's now an urgent imperative for the government to establish a citizens' assembly to prepare the groundwork in advance of a uni- unity referendum. As Mary Lou said, this is an exciting time for us all, filled with opportunity and hope for a better future. And that's why we need to get it right. Our new constitutional national democracy will emerge from a phased transition, and that is why planning and preparation should begin now. Grassroots communities should be involved at the beginning of the process, not the end. And the Sinn Féin president pointed out that the Commission on the Future of Ireland is about inviting working people, trade unionists, business owners, community activists, women, our youth, LGBTQ people, Gilgory, 
academics or new communities, travellers, those with disabilities and others to have their say on the process of change. Speaking directly about the challenges facing the border region, Mary Lou concluded, Our shared challenge is to create a future which is warm and welcoming for everyone and where the potential prosperity of areas like this, like this border region, can be fully unlocked. So there you have it. That's uh, a good evening's work and very uh, motivational, I found, and I'm sure everybody else uh, attended got something out of it. So well done to the organisers in that locality. And we'll continue to follow the course of the Commission as it continues to engage with popular grassroots opinion. And the effort, by the way, is to reach out beyond the Republican base to invite in and to get commentary from others who don't necessarily agree with our United Ireland uh, commitment. So, Shin Shin, Shin and Meds. Now, the uh, guest spot this week is our friend Lucy de Brannock, one of our negotiators on Good Friday, 1998, former Ard Rooney of the party and uh, a stalwart for many, many years. And she recalls here the historic events. So, Lana Rai, Lucida. Each one of us involved in the negotiations has their reminiscences of the days leading up to the Good Friday Agreement. Also of the preceding years, talks about talks, and then the actual talks with the three governments in Dublin, London and the US. We were seeking a pathway into the future rather than achieving a definitive conclusion for everybody. Negotiations involved taking risks, listening to the other side and being willing to move into a new space. Every obstacle we faced had to be overcome or talks would have broken down on many occasions. Our negotiation teams comprised of ex-prisoners and party members representing their constituencies. There seemed to be a universal goal to pursue a peaceful and democratic solution to an undemocratic situation. England's policy in Ireland was still resisting that democratic outcome and hence a properly negotiated settlement. In the late hours of April 1998, there were of course tensions and bad tempers, emotional and technical problems loads of plenary sessions and papers before all parties and governments. The party leadership had resolved to engage and to reach an agreement, if possible based on the democratic principles governing the, our outlook on the negotiation process. At some stage, Barbara de Broome, Alex Maskey and I found ourselves in a room with officials checking on papers late into the night. We engaged on human rights issues, a Bill of Rights, policing and the Irish language. In a corridor, I bumped into Bertie Hearn and he said, tell Martin and Jerry I've told them we are not giving any more. I put an Easter lily into the palm of his hand and offered my sympathies as his mother had died that week. Some days earlier, I drove to Dublin to be with my daughter for the birth of her first child, Aoife. Back in Stormont, Breach Curran gave me a card signed by the team for Aoife. We waited all night long 
At some stage, Mitchell McLaughlin, Barbara de Bruyne and I addressed the media outside in the freezing snow, expecting some breaking news. We tried to keep hope alive, but the talks were confidential and nobody wanted any possibly damaging leaks to the media. Barbara and I did the international media in Spanish and French, August Askeilige. Back inside, Siobhan and I sat next to a photocopying machine in the hall, ready to copy the all-important document once it arrived, waiting for the Unionists to reach a decision. Phone calls back and forth with the prisoners. It felt surreal at times. We knew we were on the cusp of something big, but also that we would not get everything we wanted. Jerry and Martin appeared. Documents were handed out, which we all read. No time then for much sleep, for we had to get ready for the plenary session, chaired by George Mitchell. I had met him in the hall and he shook my hand saying, you did very well, meaning all of us, I am sure. When formalities were over, one of the loyalists told me he had studied Irish in jail and got a fáinne. 25 years later, the Good Friday Agreement has yet to be fully implemented, along with other agreements. I look forward to a new Ireland that is multicultural, pluralist, non-sectarian, based on equality, with full inclusion of the Unionist and other communities in Ireland. Mila Buehas, Tara, Shin Gohan, Samuel Gohan, Moy. And next week, our guest spot will be taken by Alex Maske. Alex, again, was part of the negotiating team, uh, is currently the speaker, Concordia, at the Assembly and has a lifetime of activism behind him. So, it's Easter Sunday. It's a time when thousands of people across the island and internationally will attend Easter commemorations to mark the anniversary of the Easter Rising and the Proclamation of the Republic. So I hope that you uh, are wearing an Easter lily. It's the symbol of our enduring commitment to the ideals set out in the proclamation. And the first Easter lily badges were designed in 1925 by Common the Mon. And the dual purpose of the Easter lily was to raise money for the Republican Prisoners Dependent Fund and to honour the sacrifice made by our men and women in the Easter Rising. And the original Easter lily badge was handmade. So wear it with pride and in remembrance of past generations and of your hope in the Ireland which is to come. And I thought it would be appropriate if we... uh, had Evelyn Campbell to sing her own composition, Fenian Women's Blues. So, Shin Misha, Shin and Medj, Banakti, Nakaska, Fui Honad, Fuwaisha, Davesha, Lana Rai, Evelyn, Keeper Lit, Slan Live, Fenian Women's Blues. Actually, I'm going to do Fenian Women's Blues for all the girls out there. And for all the girls of 1916 too, that were written out of history. 
Stop. 